You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. How many of you love to bake? You love Christmas cookies? We have any bakers, any Christmas cookie people in the house? How many of you love the music, like Christmas music? Like who, yeah, listens to Christmas music like nonstop, 24-7. How many of you, it's the lights and decorations? I love lights. We went to the city last night to go see some lights. Um, Maybe it's special family traditions. Do you guys have family traditions that you look forward to every year? Christmas means something special to each of us. And uh, when I was growing up as a kid, I had three brothers. My oldest brother is eight years older than me, uh, but my, my younger two brothers, uh, one older than me and one younger, we, we kind of strategized on our Christmas presents. We were kind of always into the same toys at the same time. My little brother, he didn't have a vote. He had to like whatever we liked. And so we were into like G.I. Joes and Transformers and Ninja Turtles. So we would always get the same thing on Christmas so we could kind of multiply whatever it is we were into. So we would spend the whole day, you know, setting up all of our G.I. Joes and having a big war, and it was awesome. And now as a dad, I think my favorite thing is watching my kids open their presents and just enjoy the day. But Christmas means something special to each of us. And what I want to do tonight is I just want to share a few reflections from Scripture about what Christmas means from a biblical perspective. And so as I said before, it's going to be an interactive message, so you're going to have opportunities to participate tonight. And so here's the first, the first thing, what Christmas means. Christmas is a day of wonder. Everybody say wonder. Christmas is a day of wonder. There's just something magical about this, this season. It's creative. It's bright. It's decorative. It causes us to, to use our imaginations. You have to use your imagination to plan for gifts and for parties and to have that perfect Christmas. How many of you joined us for Christmas at Redemption last week? Talk about creativity and imagination. I think we ought to give it up for our production creative arts team one more time. I mean, the imagination and creativity that went into that, right? Speaking of imagination, there's nothing more exciting than being a kid at Christmas. Do we have any kids in the house who are excited about Christmas, ready to open some presents? Yes. We got some adults in here who are like big kids who are, who are excited. Um, yeah, kids really know how to, how to wonder. They know how to use their imagination. I remember when I was a kid, like Christmas Eve, I could barely sleep at night, just like dreaming, hoping like my mom was going to have that one present that I had been dropping hints for weeks, right? Like I just pictured myself opening that present up. Kids have really big imaginations, but sadly, adults, as we grow up, we can lose the ability to wonder. We can lose the ability to use our God-given imaginations, and, and, and we can stop dreaming of what life could be. Can I just encourage you that Christmas is a season when we can dream? This is a season when our imaginations can, can come alive because God created us with a capacity for wonder. In Luke chapter 1, as we read the backdrop of the Christmas story, we read about how the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would give birth to Jesus. Here's Mary. She's this poor peasant girl in this little small town of Nazareth when the angel Gabriel appears to her and drops this really big news on her that she's going to give birth to the Savior, to the Messiah. And I want you to notice her response. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 through 38. 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Like, I'm not married. I don't have a husband. Like, how is this going to happen? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And I want you to notice Mary's response. This big news is given to her. And listen to how Mary responds to the angel Gabriel in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary had an amazing capacity to wonder. How many of you know it takes a really big imagination to believe what the angel had said to her at that moment, to believe like this this amazing news that she was going to give birth to the Savior? You know, another word for wonder is worship. When we worship, we wonder. We awe at, at who God is and all that he's done for us. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been out in, in nature and you just had a moment where you just kind of were in awe at God's creation and his majesty? Maybe it was out at the Grand Canyon or maybe you were on top of a mountain or maybe you looked out over the vastness of the ocean and it just kind of caused you to be in awe. That's the idea. Worship, there's this, in worship, there's this sense of awe. The proper response to God's creativity and to his goodness and all that he's done for us is worship. The Christmas story is filled with worship. In Luke chapter 1, Mary bursts forth into song. It's what we call the Magnificat, and she begins to worship God. In Luke chapter 2, the Christmas angels appear to the shepherds praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. The shepherds respond in worship. Luke 2, 20 tells us they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. In Matthew 2, 11, the wise men, the magi, it says they fell to the ground and worshiped the child, Jesus. Come on, Christmas is a time to be filled with wonder and imagination at what God can do and, and to worship him for all that he has done. This is a season of worship. Can I just tell you some of the greatest dreams of my life were born in moments of worship, moments when I had an encounter with God's presence and he put a dream in my heart. One of my favorite authors, Mark Batterson, he said this, it's our capacity for wonder that determines the size of our soul. So let me ask you this question. What has God done for you that inspires your wonder and your worship? On this Christmas Eve, let me ask you this question. What God-given dreams in your life do, do you need to, to rekindle what, what promises do you feel like you have from God that you need to believe all over again? Maybe promises for your marriage if you're married. Maybe promises for a relationship. Maybe promises for your career. The dreams that God put in your heart. What, what, what is it that you need to kind of dust off and reclaim for your life? Let me ask you something on this Christmas Eve. How is your capacity for wonder? Well, speaking of worship... We're going to stand and sing this next song, so I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Maybe you're watching online. You want to stand right there in your living room. Let's sing this next song together, and let's wonder at the God who came to us on the very first Christmas. Come on, let's sing together.
Amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, Christmas is not only a day of wonder, it's also a day of giving. Everyone loves Christmas gifts. We never get too old for that. A couple of weeks ago, we had our staff and leadership Christmas party here at the church, and uh, we had a surprise visit from Santa Claus who brought everybody gifts. And I'm pretty sure the adults were more excited than the kids about Santa Claus bringing them some gifts. You never outgrow the fun of receiving gifts. And on Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God gave the greatest gift the world has ever received, the gift of his son, Jesus. Come on, Christmas is a really good reminder that God is a great giver. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the, the thief comes to only steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. The message paraphrase puts it this way, real an eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. God's gift to us on Christmas is new life through his son, Jesus. Come on, Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. He's the gift that keeps on giving. And, and Jesus didn't just come so we could have, you know, a nice little cute nativity scene and little Christmas patches. Come on, that baby who was born to us is our Savior. He grew up to be our Savior. The world didn't need another great moral teacher. The world didn't need another great miracle worker. What the world needed was a Savior. And that's the gift that we celebrate at Christmas. Now think about this for a moment. Christmas is the only birthday that we celebrate by giving everyone else a gift except the person whose birthday it is. Can you imagine going to a birthday party and giving gifts to everybody else, even getting a gift for yourself, except for the person whose birthday it is? Well, happy birthday, buddy. To celebrate your birthday, I got myself this sweater. <laughs> happy birthday, Jesus. But that's kind of what we do at Christmas time. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birthday. So let me ask you this question. What did you get for him? Come on, hopefully your Christmas shopping is done by now. It's Christmas Eve. If you didn't get to it, you're in trouble. So what, what could we possibly give to Jesus, to the Son of God? Well, the only answer I have for you is ourselves, to respond by giving ourselves to him in worship. Now, I know that kind of sounds cliche at Christmas, give yourself back to Jesus. The question is, what does that even look like? Well, Jesus tells us what that looks like. In uh, Mark chapter 12, there was a a scribe, a religious leader who asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in all of Scripture? And I'm so glad he asked that question because Jesus tells us. He says this in Mark 12, verse 30 through 31. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This is what's known as the great commandment. Jesus said, you want to know what it all boils down to? You want to fulfill the scriptures? Here's how you do that. You love God with everything you have, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And so Christmas is a really good opportunity for us to ask ourselves two questions. Number one, God, how could I love you better and know you more? Come on, that's, that's a really good question to meditate on this, this Christmas season. God, how could I love you better and know you more? How could I love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength? And then here's the second question. How can I love someone else the way you love me? Come on, think about how God loved us at Christmas. He gave his one and only son. Jesus stepped out of the, the splendor and the majesty of heaven, and he gave his life for us. He, he became one of us became a human being, gave everything for us. What would it look like for us to love someone else around us sacrificially? Who, who is God wanting to send you to 
in this Christmas season who needs your love. Now, tonight, we have the opportunity to put the message into practice by receiving our Christmas offering. I told you you were going to participate tonight. And so Jesus said this in Acts chapter 20, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Come on, how many of you want to be more blessed? The true blessing is in giving. It's wonderful to receive, but the older I get, I really get more excited when I see God working through my life blessing other people. And we get to do that through our church's Christmas offering. If you're new to our church, we receive a special Christmas offering every year this time of year to help fund the vision of our church and to fund some special projects that touch people. And uh, so we have a couple projects this year. First of all, we're, we're finishing out our building fund here. So for those of you who are new to our church, we've only been in this space for a few months. And so we're going to get our building fund done and paid for. Uh, we're also funding all of our community outreach and serve projects. Several times a year, we get out of our seats and into the streets to serve our community. We feed hungry neighbors. We pack backpacks with school supplies for school kids. We build and maintain community gardens. We do a lot of different things to touch our community. And then last but not least, a project that's really dear to my heart this year. We're partnering with a wonderful organization called Hearts and Homes for Refugees to help resource Afghan refugees who are being resettled right here in Westchester. We're going to help provide basic things like housing and clothing and food. And so our goal this year was $50,000. I'm so excited to tell you we had a matching grant going on last week. Well, we have, we have matched our grant. We have raised that money. So give yourselves a hand. That was a really good head start. And then we had a couple of the generous gifts come in. We're just at about $46,000, just a few thousand dollars shy of the 50000 So I know if we all participate, I really believe that we can do that and probably even surpass that goal. So I'm going to get out of the way so you can see the ways to give on the screen. Maybe you're watching online and you want to scan that QR code. We have some offering envelopes in front of you. If you didn't get one of those yet, you can use that for the Christmas offering. You can text Christmas offering to 845-538-4461 or go to our website or app. Just make sure you select Christmas offering and 100% of what you designate for the Christmas offering will get there and we will be able to bless some other people. Come on church, let's put the message of, of Christmas into practice. I say it all the time, but I really believe that Christians should be known for being the most loving, generous, compassionate people on the planet. And that's a really good spot to say, amen. Amen. We get to do that. We get to be like Jesus and give. Why don't we take a moment to pray over the offering? Uh, maybe you want to grab one of those offering envelopes and just hold it up, or maybe you gave digitally. You want to hold your phone up, but we're going to do this as an act of worship. We're giving ourselves back to God, and we're bringing our Christmas offering this year to bless others, to give back to the Lord because he gave so much to us that very first Christmas, and he continues to give. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the wonderful gift of your son. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your one and only son that whoever believes in you doesn't have to perish but can have everlasting life. This Christmas season, God, we give ourselves back to you. And as we bring our Christmas offering, Jesus, we thank you that we're more blessed when we give than when we receive. We pray you bless this offering. Father, we pray for those that we get to touch this offering, that you would bless them especially this Christmas. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your generosity. Well, Christmas is a day of wonder. Christmas is a day of giving. And finally, Christmas is a day of miracles. So let me ask you this question. How many of you love Christmas movies? How many of you are fans of Christmas movies? I think we all love Christmas movies. And you know, one of the major themes of Christmas movies is somebody needs a Christmas miracle. 
whether it's Kevin McAllister who's left home alone and he needs his parents to like miraculously show up on Christmas Day, whether it's Scrooge who needs a second chance, or maybe it's that girl in the Hallmark movie who leaves the big city to move back home to her small town and she needs Santa Claus's help to reconnect with her high school boyfriend. You know, she needs a Christmas miracle. It's one of the major themes of Christmas movies. <laughs> when I think about Christmas miracles, I think about one of the most famous Christmas movies ever. It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody like that movie? It's a Wonderful Life. It comes on every year, Christmas time. And, and uh, in the movie, George Bailey, who's played by the famous Jimmy Stewart, he needs a miracle at Christmas. His company is going under. You know, his Uncle Billy loses the $8,000, which was a lot of money back then. And his company's in trouble and his life has fallen apart. And he's literally standing on this bridge thinking about jumping off on Christmas Eve when his guardian angel Clarence shows up, right? And and intervenes, and he shows him how his life has made a difference in the lives of all of these other people. And you fast forward to the end of the movie, and all the townspeople raise the money, and George gets his Christmas miracle, and Clarence gets his wings. Ah, they all get their Christmas miracle. Now, let's remember the basics of the real Christmas story for just a moment. It's about a virgin giving birth to the Savior of the world, the Son of God, in the midst of some less than ideal circumstances. I mean, the whole story is miraculous. Luke chapter 2, it records the details of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. Let's look at it. Luke 2, 4 through 7. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. You know, I've been to the Holy Land, and I've actually been to an ancient house that would have been very similar to the time of when Jesus was born. And uh, our tour guide actually showed us the, the place inside of the home on the lower level where the animals would have been brought inside to protect them from the cold or theft. And, and people slept upstairs, and maybe they had a guest room attached to their house. Well, there was no room for Mary and Joseph in the guest room, so they ended up with the animals on the lower level. And Jesus was born in a manger, in a feeding trough for animals, in, in the midst of some really messy and smelly circumstances. And, and I said this this past Sunday at Christmas at Redemption, but I really believe Here's what we learned from that. God is able to, to birth a miracle right in the middle of our messy and smelly circumstances. Come on, we all have circumstances in our lives that are messy and smelly. And I would tell you today, here's what God would say. I'm not afraid of that. I can come right smack in the middle of your situation and birth a miracle in your life. Church, I want you to know this today. We really believe this. We really believe that the miracle of Christmas is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. It's not just something that we celebrate in Christmas cards and stories that we read to, to kids. No, no, no. We believe we can experience the presence of God. Come on, we, we believe we can experience the miraculous presence of God. And I can just tell you all throughout this Advent season, as we've been preparing for Christmas, I've had moments of just encountering God's presence. I've had moments of saying, God, I need your touch in my life. God, I need your healing touch in my life. God, I need your presence in, in my life. God, I need everything that I'm preaching. I need, I need the Christmas story. God, I need my heart to be a Bethlehem where you can come afresh. And I want to tell you, we really believe God can do that. God can come into your life. I don't know what your needs are. I don't know what your circumstances are. But I believe he can do that. And so as we close today, this Christmas, this, this year, this Christmas, you, you might need a miracle. I, I don't know what your miracle is. I don't know what your need is. Maybe you need a miracle 
in your marriage, if you're married. Maybe you need a miracle in a relationship. There's a relationship that needs to be restored. Maybe you need a, a healing touch in your body. Maybe you have a family member that you're praying for who's sick. Maybe it's a financial miracle. We all have some need. And whatever it is, it's going to require you to trust God, to place your faith in him. Let me just remind you for just a moment, back to our story with Mary, for just a moment. Think about this. Here's this young girl, this young maiden. She's in this little town on the backside of the Roman Empire, seems forgotten. All of a sudden, the angel Gabriel appears to her and tells her she's going to give birth to the Messiah, to the Savior of her people, to the Son of God. And with the weight of that, the enormity of that, and with all the unknown of that, Mary ponders for a moment and she responds, may your word to me be fulfilled. Come on, Mary came into agreement with the word of the Lord, and at that moment, a creative miracle was born in her life, was born on the inside of her. I want you to think about that for just a moment, because I really believe God is wanting to birth something new in you and me this Christmas. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment and think about that. What, what, what is that miraculous touch of God that you need? What, what, what's the need for you? Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's freedom. Maybe it's anxiety needs to be lifted off of your life. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a sense of loneliness. What's the miracle that you need from him? Where do you need God to touch your life? As you're thinking about that, can I just encourage you? It starts with you and me responding just like Mary with, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May your word to me be fulfilled. Lord, may your word to me be fulfilled. I choose to believe all over again. I choose to trust you all over again. Let me just tell you, the greatest miracle you can experience at Christmas is the very miracle of the very first Christmas. It's God showing up in your life. It's God showing up in your life. It's God coming to you. The, the, the greatest miracle the world has ever seen is that God left the, the riches and splendor of heaven. He came to us. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Come on, Jesus made a way for us to be able to know God and have a relationship with him. And that's an ongoing miracle. That's not a miracle that happened 2,000 years ago, but that's a miracle that, that we can experience today. And it starts with saying, just like Mary, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May it be done to me as you have said. I place my life in your hands. I choose to trust you. Mary didn't know how it was all going to work out, but she trusted in God's plan, and he birthed a beautiful miracle in her life. So would you stand with me? as we pray. And uh, we're going to go ahead and light up those candles in just a moment and sing our final song. Maybe you're watching online with us and you want to just stand right wherever you're watching with us. But we're going to sing a final song in just a moment. And we're going to light up those, those candles. But would you bow your head with me as we pray this Christmas Eve and we just reflect for just a moment how each of us needs a touch of God in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful time of year. We thank you for the gift of your Son. For unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Father, I pray that we would be filled with wonder. God, I pray that you would cause us to dream again. God, there are people in this room. There are people watching online. They had a dream in their heart that they've forgotten about. They had a dream of what their life could be. Father, I pray that you would rekindle that in our hearts, God that we would reclaim those promises that you have for our lives, for our homes, for our kids, for our marriages, for our careers, for our relationships, God, of who we could be in Christ Jesus. Help us to dream again, God. Father, we thank you for this season of giving. 
And Jesus, we want to be more like you. you. You said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Lord, on this Christmas Eve, we give ourselves back to you. God, show us how we can love you better, know you more, walk more closely with you, God, know your voice, know your presence in our lives, how we can give ourselves back to you, how we can give ourselves in service to other people. God, remind us that there are people all around us, people closest to us, who really need us to love them like you loved us, like you gave yourself for us. And Lord, we all have, we all have a place in our lives where we need to experience your miraculous touch, Jesus. We need that, God. Places of hurt, places where we need to be healed, places in our lives where we need to let go of fear and anxiety and worry and doubt and trust you more. Lord, tonight we say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. May your word to me come to pass. Everything that you've spoken, may it be fulfilled in my life. I choose to believe. I choose to trust you. Father, I pray for the person who feels far away from you tonight. Maybe they're in this room. Maybe they're watching online tonight. Lord, they feel far away from you. They'd say, Pastor, I want to know God that way. I want to sense his presence in my life. I want to have a relationship with him. If that's you, would you just pray the simplest prayer with me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Pray this with me. Jesus, place my faith in you. I believe you are who you said you are, the Son of God. I believe you were born for me, that you lived for me, you died for me, rose again for me. And I receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I believe in you. Father, we thank you tonight for every person who prayed that prayer. We thank you for the miracle of salvation that 2,000 years later it's still unfolding in our lives. And we say, yes, Lord. May it be done to me as you have said. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.